Book Five, Chapter Ten of Last Days of Pompeii. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Philippa. Last Days of Pompeii, by Edward G. Bulwer Lytton. Book Five, Chapter Ten. The next morning, the fate of Nydia. And meekly, softly, beautifully dawned at last the light over the trembling deep. The winds were sinking into rest, the foam died from the glowing azure of that delicious sea. Around the east thin mists caught gradually the rosy hues that heralded the morning. Light was about to resume her reign. Yet still, dark and massive in the distance, lay the broken fragments of the destroying cloud, from which red streaks, burning dimlier and more dim, betrayed the yet rolling fires of the mountain of the scorched fields. The white walls and gleaming columns that had adorned the lovely coasts were no more. Sullen and dull were the shores so lately crested by the cities of Herculaneum and Pompeii. The darlings of the deep were snatched from her embrace. Century after century shall the mighty mother stretch forth her azure arms, and know them not, moaning round the sepulchres of the lost. There was no shout from the mariners at the dawning light. It had come too gradually, and they were too wearied for such sudden bursts of joy. But there was a low, deep murmur of thankfulness amidst those watchers of the long night. They looked at each other and smiled. They took heart. They felt once more that there was a world around and a God above them. And in the feeling that the worst was past, the over-wearied ones turned round and fell placidly to sleep. In the growing light of the skies there came the silence which night had wanted, and the bark drifted calmly onward to its port. A few other vessels bearing similar fugitives might be seen in the expanse, apparently motionless, yet gliding also on. There was a sense of security, of companionship, and of hope in the sight of their slender masts and white sails. What beloved friends, lost and missed in the gloom, might they not bear to safety and to shelter? In the silence of the general sleep, Nydia rose gently. She bent over the face of Glaucus, she inhaled the deep breath of his heavy slumber, timidly and sadly she kissed his brow, his lips. She felt for his hand, it was locked in that of Ione. She sighed deeply and her face darkened. Again she kissed his brow and with her hair wiped from it the damps of night. May the gods bless you, Athenian she murmured. May you be happy with your beloved one. May you sometimes remember Nydia. Alas, she is of no further use on earth. With these words she turned away. Slowly she crept along by the fori or platforms to the farther side of the vessel, and pausing, bent low over the deep. The cool spray dashed upward on her feverish brow. It is the kiss of death said she. It is welcome. The balmy air played through her waving tresses. She put them from her face, 
and raised those eyes, so tender though so lightless, to the sky whose soft face she had never seen. No, no, she said, half aloud, and in a musing and thoughtful tone, I cannot endure it, this jealous exacting love. It shatters my whole soul in madness. I might harm him again, wretch that I was. I have saved him, twice saved him. Happy, happy thought. Why not die happy? It is the last glad thought I can ever know. Oh, sacred sea, I hear thy voice invitingly. It hath a freshening and joyous call. They say that in thy embrace is dishonour, that thy victims cross not the fatal sticks. Be it so. I would not meet him in the shades, for I should meet him still with her. Rest, rest, rest. There is no other Elysium for a heart like mine. A sailor half dozing on the deck heard a slight splash on the waters. Drowsily he looked up, and behind, as the vessel merrily bounded on, he fancied he saw something white above the waves, but it vanished in an instant. He turned round again, and dreamed of his home and children. When the lovers awoke, their first thought was of each other, their next of Nydia. She was not to be found, none had seen her since the night. Every crevice of the vessel was searched, there was no trace of her. Mysterious from first to last, the blind Thessalian had vanished for ever from the living world. They guessed her fate in silence, and Glaucus and Ione, while they drew nearer to each other, feeling each other the world itself, forgot their deliverance and wept as for a departed sister. End of Book 5, Chapter 10